Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, our Lord, our God, our Savior, and the King of us all, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, unto whom all glory is due forever. Amen. And when a great multitude and gathered and others had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on a rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said to you, It has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no ruin, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. And the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Ah. Glory be to God forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. May his grace and his blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages, amen. I greet you, dear brothers and sisters, on this, the first Sunday of the blessed Coptic month of Hatur. And as you heard, the gospel reading came from the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 8, verses 4 through 15, which is known as the parable of the sower. And as we heard, the parable of the sower is about how people receive the word of God in their hearts. A sower went out to spread his seed, and some seed fell on the rock, some fell among the thorns, and some on good soil. The sower, of course, is our Lord Jesus Christ, and the seed that is being sown is the word of God. The different landing places of the seed represent an image of the hearts of people and the different ways in which they receive the word of God. With God's grace this morning, I would like to meditate with you 
on three points concerning how we receive the Word of God. First, let us consider that hearing the Word of God is part of our very existence as human beings. It is part of our nature. If we go back to the book of Genesis, which outlines how God created the world from nothing, we will see that God created all things by his word. The very first word of God is the word that summoned us and summoned the entire creation from non-existence into existence. And so we can say, therefore, that we exist as human beings and that this world exists because of the Word of God. And this means that hearing the Word of God is part of our very being. It is a fact of our existence because it was the Word of God in the first place that caused us to exist. And practically speaking, this means that every human being who has lived, who now lives, and who will live has an innate memory in the deepest recesses of his or her heart of hearing the Word of God and a desire to continue hearing the Word of God. For Christians who have the revelation of truth in Jesus Christ, our desire to hear the Word of God is satisfied through our relationship with Christ. But sadly, others who maybe have not come to Christ, they try to satisfy this innate desire with other things. This is why from the beginning of the history of the world, there have been so many religions, so many uh, belief systems in which people have tried to hear the word of God. And this is also why sadly in the world today, there are many false religions and many preoccupations with material and worldly things. People who have not come to God and are not being nourished by His Word constantly seek other things to satisfy this innate desire. But unfortunately, nothing else will satisfy them. Because as our Lord Jesus Christ said to the Samaritan woman, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. This is why in today's parable, our Lord Jesus Christ explicitly identified the enemies of the word of God, which are three. The word of God is innate in our nature, but there are enemies who are trying to prevent us from hearing the word of God. And the first enemy of the word of God in today's parable is Satan. In verse 12, we are told, those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil, Satan, the adversary, comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. In this version of the parable from St. Luke's Gospel, Satan is the enemy of the Word of God who is constantly working to prevent it being implanted in our hearts. 
The second enemy of the word of God, which is found in the version of the same parable from St. Mark's Gospel, which we heard last night, is collectively the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, which entering in choke the word of God. And we see here a difference. Whereas Satan is able to immediately take the word of God away from a person's heart, we see that worldly cares and riches and luxury and pleasure and other distractions slowly suffocate the word of God in our hearts. But in both cases, the end result is exactly the same. We find ourselves deprived from the word of God. The third enemy of the word of God is unfortunately oftentimes ourselves. Our Lord teaches us today, but the ones on the rock are those who when they hear, receive the word with joy and these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. And this refers to those of us who because of unbelief, do not allow the word of God to be implanted in our hearts. We rejoice maybe once or twice when we read the Bible or come to church, but we don't allow the word of God to take root in our hearts. So that joy that we feel in that instant when we come to church, it quickly goes away afterwards because there is no root. St. Cyril of Alexandria teaches us that these people possess a religion without roots. When this kind of person goes out of the church, he immediately forgets the holy teachings he has heard there. We see therefore that all of these enemies are working hard to prevent the implanting of God's word in our hearts because the implanting of God's word is part of our existence as human beings. And so here in our first point, we see that hearing the word of God is innate to every human being. It's something that we desire as part of our existence. And only our Lord Jesus Christ can truly satisfy that desire. Everything else is an enemy and a distraction. Second, let us consider now what is required from us in order to hear the word of God. We are told in today's gospel reading that we must hear the word of God with a noble and good heart. In the original Greek that is translated in karandiya kali ke agathi, which means in a noble and good heart. And the overarching message of the parable is essentially that we must have a pure heart in order to receive the word of God. Purity of heart is essential for the correct understanding of the word of God. People today place themselves in great danger when they read the Holy Scripture with an impure heart. And to understand what I mean, you need only turn on the television or the radio and listen to the thousands upon thousands of preachers who read the Holy Scripture and come up with their own dangerous and unorthodox interpretations of the Word of God. For us to understand properly the Word of God and for it to take root within us, 
It is imperative that our hearts be good and noble. Kali ke agathi. We shouldn't ever think that we can open the Holy Scriptures and interpret it based on our own understanding if there is anger and violence and lust and pride and other sins within our hearts at that moment. This is why we as Christians, we place such an importance on filtering what enters our hearts and our minds through our senses. It's a very simple equation. Whatever you put in, that is what comes out. So if you put in things that are not profitable, things that are contrary to our Orthodox Christian life, then that is what is going to come out of you. And that is how you're going to interpret the scripture. If you spend hours upon hours listening to secular music, then pretty soon the values of those singers are going to become your own values. Or if you watch television programs and movies and visit websites that are disrespectful towards women, for example, then you are going to find yourself disrespecting women as well, either consciously or subconsciously. Our hearts are precious and it matters what we put into our hearts because this is where God resides and this is where the word of God takes root. Remember what St. Macarius the Great teaches us. He says, within the heart there are unfathomable depths. It is but a small vessel, but dragons and lions are there, and there are poisonous creatures, and all the treasures of wickedness, rough, uneven paths are there, and gaping chasms. There likewise is God. And there are the angels and life and the ruling power of God. There is light and the apostles, the heavenly cities and the treasures of graces. All these things are there. Imagine that in your heart, in the heart of a single person, you find all of these things, things that are bad and things that are good. And if we can summarize the spiritual life, to put it very simply, it is to make sure that the good in our hearts overcomes the bad. That is basically the essence and the goal of the Christian life. Therefore, it is absolutely essential that we strive to maintain a pure heart, a good and noble heart, so that the Word of God may be implanted within us. And apart from having a pure heart, there are other conditions for hearing the word of God. In his epistle, St. James teaches us that a person that would properly hear the word of God must first of all be a listener. What does it mean to be a listener? It means that we have to be slow to speak and to have a heart that is free from anger and evil thoughts. A person must also be meek, just as our Lord Jesus Christ was meek. He must listen to the word of God in active obedience. And this means that he does not only listen to the word of God, but he actively does the word of God as well. This is why our Lord Jesus Christ says in the verses immediately after this parable, my mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. So it's not just hearing. It is doing it.
we have to remember, dear brothers and sisters, that there is nothing purely academic about our faith. It's one thing to study the Word of God, which is good, but it's a completely different thing to do the Word of God. It may take a certain proficiency and maybe a knowledge of ancient languages and perhaps even advanced degrees to really study the text of the Holy Scripture in an academic fashion. But honestly, it is very simple to do the Word of God. It is very simple to live in. All you need to live the Word of God is faith and love. You don't need advanced degrees. You don't need a knowledge of the ancient languages. You simply need faith and love and the other things we spoke about. A free, a free heart from anger, a heart that is free from anger, meekness, obedience, gentleness, etc. Because hearing the word of God means doing the word of God. And so we are reminded this morning that although the sower spreads the word of God to us freely and generously, the word of God is not cheap. It is not to be taken lightly for us to properly receive it we have to prepare and purify ourselves beforehand. Third and finally, let us consider the consequences of hearing the Word of God. As Christians, we constantly hear the Word of God. Every week in the church, those of us who attend the Divine Liturgy will hear two epistles, one reading from the Book of Acts, one psalm, and one gospel reading. And those who attend the raisings of incense before the liturgy will hear two more psalms and two more gospels. And in addition, we constantly hear the word of God in our homes every day when we read the Holy Scripture, when we listen to an orthodox homily, etc. And what is the consequence of all of this? What is the effect of this exposure to the word of God in our lives? The consequence is that we have met God Himself through His Word. And then the question is, if we have met God through His Word, should there not be a change within each and every one of us? For example, it's impossible for us to hear God's Word without seeing His love for us. We know that God is inexhaustible love. And when we hear His Word, we encounter this inexhaustible love, the love that took Him to the Holy Cross in order to save us. So now the question is, I have encountered God's love. What is my response? Is my response to simply dismiss it and to not change my life according to that love? Or is my response to change every fiber of my being in response to that love. It is important that we must change when we hear the word of God. This is reinforced by perhaps the most beautiful aspect of today's parable. Did you catch it? The, the detail is that the sower keeps sowing his seed even on ground that really cannot bear fruit right now. So he is confronted, the sower is confronted with four different types of soil and 75% of that soil 
cannot bear fruit. And any ordinary farmer knows that to continue spreading seed on that 75% that cannot bear fruit is an utter waste of time. If you ask any farmer today, would you continue sowing your precious and expensive seed on rocks? They would say, of course not. The seed is not going to grow. But what do we find in today's parable? We find something magnificent. We find our Lord nonetheless sowing seed on three types of soil that are not bearing fruit. As St. John Chrysostomus teaches us, it is impossible for the rock to become soil or the wayside not to be wayside or the thorns not to be thorns. But in mankind, this is not so. In man, it is possible for the rock to change and to become rich land and for the wayside no longer to be trampled upon nor lie open to all that pass by that, that it may be a fertile field and the thorns may be destroyed so that the seed may enjoy full security. For had it been impossible for men to change, this sower would not have sown. So in other words, any human being can change. Any human being can be converted by having the word of God preached to him or her. And one very profitable lesson for us today is that those of us who live in this world, who are the light of this world, it is not for us to judge beforehand who can and who cannot receive the word of God. We oftentimes do this, don't we? We see, for example, a homeless person who may be, God forbid, drunk on the street. And so we might help him, we might assist him with something, but we don't stand and pray with him. We don't give him a Bible. We don't encourage him in the Christian way of life because we think, well, this person is homeless, he's drunk, what hope is there for him, or what more can I do for him? And so we just leave him thinking, well, I helped him with a few dollars and that's enough. But what you didn't realize is that when you did that, you prejudged this man. Yes, when you saw him, he was rocky soil. Yes, when you saw him, he was not bearing fruit. But today's parable teaches us that this man can be converted. That the rocky soil that is his heart at that moment can be transformed into fertile soil. And so for those of us who live in this world, it is not for us to prejudge anyone, but rather we are to be like the sower who constantly spreads his seed on ground, on soil that is both bad, 75% bad, and 25% good. And so yes, it is encouraging when we spread the seed to good soil and people come to church and they listen and their lives are changed and they even give us credit for changing their lives, yes, that is good when we have that effect on the 25%. But don't prejudge the 75%. The 75% can change. And maybe they're not going to change just by your interaction with them today. Maybe today you will have a good interaction with them and in 10 years, they're going to remember that interaction. And in 10 years, they're going to change. And maybe you as a servant will never see or hear about that change. And that is okay. 
because our Lord is the sower who is indiscriminately sowing his seed. And it's okay if we sow our seed and we don't see the consequences right away. That's okay. Don't let it discourage you. But continually sow your seed to the 75% and remember that both the Gospels and Christian history offer many examples of people that went from being the rocky and thorny ground to fertile soil. Like, for example, a saint who is dear to my heart, Ava Moses the Black or Ava Moses the Strong. He was thorny soil, but in an instant he became fertile soil. Or Saint Augustine, or Saint Mary of Egypt, or Saint Paisa, or the harlot who came to Ava John the Short, many, many others in Christian history who were thorny soil and they became fertile soil bearing forth much fruit. So let us remember for those living in this world that we are to sow the seed of God, the word of God indiscriminately. And let us remember that we must not only strive to be in the group that changes, but to see everyone around us as being capable of change as well. So to summarize what we heard in today's gospel reading, we spoke in three points. First, to hear the word of God is something that is innate in every human being because it's the word of God that called us into existence. And second, the conditions of hearing the word of God uh, require that we purify our hearts. And finally, the word of God must change us. And we have to remember that it can change other people as well. May God grant us life, the life that the world cannot give us through his holy word. To him be all glory, to the all-holy Father, to the all-holy Son, and to the all